Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. We're going to talk about hope this morning. Last week we talked about faith. Uh, several weeks ago, we talked about the new covenant. Last week, we talked about how the, the new covenant is based upon really the conditions of the new covenant are really rooted in two things on our end, friendship with God, right? Just like Abraham. And then also faith, faith in God. And so today I want to talk about really what I believe would be the fuel of the new covenant. And that is hope. And we all need hope in our life. How many of you need some hope in your life? And we, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. And let me just speak this to you real quick. Hopelessness is a deception. Are you with me? If you feel hopeless, that is an assignment from the enemy because there is not one person that has ever lived on the planet that has truly been hopeless. Never. You may have felt hopeless, and I'm not saying that those feelings aren't real because I've, I've experienced those in recent months. I've felt hopeless. But can I tell you today that hopelessness is an illusion because God is there and God is with us. And Jesus has paid a very high price so we can feel and experience hope. Are you with me? And so anytime that you feel that in your journey, I just would encourage you to focus upon the goodness of God and get your eyes off of your situation, get your eyes off of your circumstances and realize that there is always hope. There is always hope. Say that with me. There is always hope. There is always hope. There is always hope. And sometimes you need to preach that to yourself, right? When you're, when you feel discouraged and when you feel despair, just look in that mirror and don't, don't look at it and say, today's going to suck or I don't know what I'm going to do or who are you? Just say, there's hope today. God's alive and he's active in my life. And, you know, one of the things that's normal for us as Christians, as, as followers of Christ, people that are following Jesus. And I'm not talking about you're raised in church. You know, it's funny when we talk, talk to people about Jesus, they go, oh yeah, I'll go to such and such church. Great. That's awesome. Christians go to church. That's what we do. But just because you go to church, don't make you a Christian. Just because you go to a donut shop doesn't make you a police officer or a donut, right? Um, but Christians go to church. But but I'm talking about you really follow Jesus. You're following the Lord like your, your, your mind is on him, not just on Sundays, but in your life you're thinking about the Lord like he's working in your life. If we're really following Jesus, we should live, live and experience miracles. We should hear the voice of God. This is all normal for us. If you're not experiencing miracles in your life, if you're not hearing the voice of the Lord, then that's abnormal as a follower of Christ. As a follower of Christ, it's normal, let me say this, for you to be experiencing miracles. It is normal for you to be hearing the voice of your affirming father. It's normal for you. If those things aren't happening, that's abnormal. And the problem isn't with God. Right? Okay. Just so we're clear on that. It, it's God's plan, and it's his desire and it's God's will for us to live exhilarated with our walk with the Lord. Like God wants us to, to feel hopeful. He wants us to have that. Man, he wants us to be jacked up for him. I mean, really. Some of you, you'll, you'll calm down one day. I hope not. I hope not because I've been on this thing for like over 20 years. And I hope it, I hope it never slows down. Right? 
Because I, I remember when I first came to the Lord, there were all these people that had religion that didn't really have Jesus, and they were telling me that, that eventually I would calm down. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but I, don't, I hope it doesn't happen too soon. But what happens, listen, and we should expect these things. Are you with me? But sometimes our experience doesn't match our expectation, right? And when that happens, that's when we feel hopeless. That's when we feel despair, when our expectation doesn't match our experience. And this is my encouragement to you today is don't lose faith and don't lose hope when you're going through these seasons, when you're experience is not what you're expecting. I want you to imagine with me today that you booked a trip to the Gulf Coast and you had a boat rented for the weekend. You and some friends went out and you went out deep sea fishing. Come on, speaking somebody's love language today. Ladies, you're going to lay out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico on the boat or something with a book. If you do books or your phone with your with your skinny vanilla latte, okay, and you're but a cold one, right? And so you're out there with your frappuccino or with your fishing rod, and man, you've done all your work before the trip. You made sure that there were no storms, there were no hurricanes coming. It's going to be a beautiful day at sea. But all of a sudden, you see a storm begin to swell in the distance, right? My expectation is going to be a beautiful weekend. It's going to be awesome. There's a storm coming. What are you going to do? See, you have two choices at that moment. You can load the boat up, and you can hightail it for the shore. But the reality is, is you probably won't beat the storm. You're probably not going to get out of the storm that's coming. So you have an option. You can run during the storm, or you can use these things that they put on boats called anchors. And you can throw that anchor down into the water and anchor deep and allow the storm to pass. Because the storm will pass. So you can run from the storm. It's going to catch you anyway. Or you can anchor deep. You get to decide. But let me tell you this. When the storm comes, at the end of the storm, when it passes, how will you be positioned? You know how people get lost at sea? Most of the time, they try to navigate through the storm instead of anchor deep during the storm. If you will learn when the storm is coming to anchor deep, you won't be lost when the storm has passed. You'll be exactly where you were. You'll be more experienced. Come on. You'll know some things. You've gone through some things. So how anchored we are dictates where we'll be when the storm passes. Some of you are in the midst of a storm. Some of you are on the other side of a storm. But all of us are going to experience storms. I would venture to say, Most of us have not experienced the greatest storm that we'll ever experience. Most of us have not. 
The hardest thing that you're ever going to go through is probably coming. Will you be anchored deep? Or will you try to cut and run? Because if you cut and run, you're just going to end up lost at sea. So we've got to anchor deep. Now, Scripture talks about anchors. Check this out. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. We who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope. Now, notice it says fled to him. doesn't say fled from something else. Okay? Have great confidence as we hold on to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's sanctuary. What is that saying? That's saying our anchor is rooted in the presence of God. So when the storm comes, what are we going to do? Are we going to run from God? Are we going to run to our friends? Are we going to run to affirmation somewhere else? Are we going to anchor deep into the presence of God and say, God, I'm here I'm with you. I'm holding on, and I know the storm is going to pass. Can I tell you, when we put our hope, our anchor in him, we will not be lost. We will not be confused. We will not be destroyed when the storm passes. We will be right where we need to be. And if we are anchored deep, listen, we can have our hopes set high. I am here today to get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. You're, listen, I said a while ago, the greatest storm is coming. Can I tell you today? Your greatest days are coming also. Your best days. You might have to go through some storms, but your best days are coming as well. So anchor deep. This too shall pass. We talked about faith last week. Faith is based upon a person, upon our position, the presence of God. Hope is based upon what is promised and what is coming. See, hope sees... And faith believes. Some of you can't see because you've lost hope. You, can't, you don't have vision for your life because you've lost hope. You might have some faith, oh man, I'm just trusting the Lord. But hope sees. Hope sees. Hope is your fuel. When we think about hope, just like when we talk about faith, there's a man in Scripture named Abraham. We talked about Abraham last week and the promise that God gave Abraham. But Abraham was not just a great man of faith. He was also a great man of hope. When God came to him, we talked about this last week, so you can go back and listen to the podcast. When God came to Abraham when he was 75 years old, now get this, he wasn't some young, ambitious teenager when God came to him and gave him this elaborate promise. He had already lived a long life. Abraham actually was an idolater at one, one point in time of his life. He had been on journeys. He, had, he was very rich. He was, he was prosperous. He, he, he had already had some experience. So when he's 75 years old, God comes to him and he says, listen, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. You people are going to be blessed. We talked about the new covenant last week, how it reflects the old covenant. So when he is 75 years old, God gave him this promise. I don't know about you, but if I was Abraham, I would have been like, Lord, couldn't you have told me this like 60 years ago, (laughs) right? But did you know that it was even another 25 years after that before he had a son, which that covenant could be fulfilled through? 25 years. Some of you haven't even been alive for 25 years. 25 years of believing God, of having hope in what God spoke. Then at 100 years old, his, his uh, 
old lady, <laughs> for real, has a baby. That's a long time, 25 years. Come on. Some of us can't wait 25 minutes for what God said. It is hard. 15 years later, after Isaac, his son, is born, God comes to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. Now, he's growing up, man. He's like, that's my boy. Like, all that God promised is going to come through him. And this is what God does. He shows up to Abraham. He says, Abraham. Yes, he replied, Genesis 22. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Whoa. That's different than his expectation. Come on. The next morning, Abraham got up early. I mean, that's some fa- The next morning. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac, and then he chopped wood for the fire and burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood on the burnt offering and on Isaac's shoulders, and while he carried the fire and the knife, as the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, <laughs> Dad, yes, my son, uh, we have the fire and the wood, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? What is wrong with this picture? I don't know about you, but if I'm Isaac, I have some expectation too. <laughs> Uh, Dad, uh, what's going on here? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering. And they both walked together, and they arrived at the place where God had told them to go. And Abraham built an altar, and he arranged wood on it. And then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on that altar. The promise lays him on the altar. And Abraham picked up a knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. This is crazy. And at that moment, an angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. He said, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham means father of many nations. What was he doing? He is reaffirming his promise. Abraham, father of many Father of many, remember what we were promised? Don't put a hand on that boy. Do not hurt him in any way, for I know that you truly fear the Lord, and you have not withheld from me, even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of the son. And Abraham named this place Yahweh Yara or Jehovah Jireh, which means God provides. You know what I love about this story so much? This is a hard story, you know. But what I love about this story is that Abraham, the whole time, maintains hope 
in what God promised. And his hope, listen, his hope wasn't in Isaac. And his hope wasn't in the ram that would be caught up. His hope was in the promise. His hope was in God will provide. His hope was in God has given me this promise. And this is what I'm believing for, the father of many nations. He maintained great hope through this. How can we maintain? I love his story so much because it tells me this is how you can maintain hope. Because most of us will not have to deal with that. In fact, I would venture to say none of us will have to deal with this kind of testing of our hope. But how do we manage the gap between my expectation and my experience? Well, first of all, if you want to have a hopeful spirit, how many want to have a hopeful spirit? And I I think, and I'm going to show you today, that I, I don't think Abraham was this kind of like, Oh, man. I don't know what we're going to do. He seems to have spoke confidently. He seems to respond quickly to what God said. So if we're going to cultivate a hopeful spirit like Abraham had that day, number one is we've got to select what we expect. What do you expect? See, hope is not wishful thinking. Are you with me? That's not what hope is. We use that word all the time. We, we can many times when we use the word hope, we get exchange it for the word wish. I wish they would like me. I hope they like me, right? I hope I get a raise. I wish I get a raise, right? I hope she'll say yes, right? So what we're normally is we're interchanging this word for wish. Hope is not wishful thinking. That's why when somebody comes to me and they say, hey, uh, I got a job interview, wish me luck. Like, well, I don't believe in fortune, so I don't believe in luck. Not that you're going to hell if you've ever used the word luck. Luck comes from the word Lucifer. I've heard that said before. I was like, man, I I don't really know if that's true or not. But I do know this. I don't wish anybody luck because I don't believe in fortune. But I believe in destiny, and I believe in God's blessing. So I won't wish you luck, but I'll pray that you're blessed. So when someone tells me, wish me luck, I go, man, God bless you. Right? I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm just trying to be correct. Right? Some of y'all are more some of you are more concerned about being some of y'all are, are really weird super spiritual, but some of y'all are a little too concerned that you're gonna be super spiritual that you're never spiritual. I'll stop. Well So hope is not wishful thinking. Number two, hope is not driven. By anxiety. I hope the bill's lower than what they said. I hope the report's not good, not bad. Maybe it's not good. I actually think sometimes people do hope that bad things will happen. That way they'll have an excuse for their misery. I've seen that before. Man, what, what's wrong? Why am I being so like harsh today? All right, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. All right, 
So hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is not driven by anxiety. Hope is not what you're experiencing when, you go to, when you've been having like some problems, right? Or like you've been having headaches or you've been having something going on with your body and you go to the doctor and you're in the waiting room and you're going, you're putting on Facebook, pray for me, going to the doctor, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Hope everything goes okay. Wish everything goes okay. Right? And you're sitting there. I hope everything goes okay. That's not hope. That's anxiety. That's actually fear. Are you okay? I'm not rebuking you. I'm trying to get you to select what you expect. If I wrote you a check for $500, I said, hey, Jackie, I just love you so much. Here's a check for $500. I want you to take this money and not pay any bills with it. I just want you to go have fun with $500. And I wrote you that check, and I gave it to you. You'd be blessed, right? You'd be encouraged by that. And so she would, she would go to the bank, and she would have to cash that. Wouldn't you have to cash that check? I mean, if I wrote you a check, I mean, I don't want to buy your checks anymore. But if I wrote you a check, you would have to go cash. You'd actually have to go to a bank. There's this thing called a bank that sometimes you go through and get money. I know everything's, like, on the computer. But there's actually a place called the bank. It's not just an online, like, place. And so you actually have to go to the bank, and you have to get that check, and you have to endorse it, which means sign it on the back for all of y'all that are young. And you put it in this little tube. And it, this tube magically transports from this area that you put it in into the hands of a teller on the other side. Hope is what you're experiencing while that check's in the tube. Hope is what my kids expect on Christmas morning when they can't sleep and they're waking me up. Dad, is it time yet? Right? I got my alarm set for six. What is that? That's Hope, because hope, see, is confident, favorable expectation. If it's not confident and favorable, it's not hope. It's fear. So don't call what you hope for your fear, or don't call your fear, I hope, right? Don't use that. When you say you hope, you're saying, I confidently And favorably, happily expect. Hope has a disposition about it. I love about Abraham in this story. It says this, that he woke up early the next morning. I think Abraham had so much history with God. With with me, track with me. He had so much history. Come on, a hundred years of history with God. That whenever he woke up that morning... Early, he said, I know God's going to take care of this. And he woke up and he said, all right, I know what you told me to do, God, but I also know your promise. And my promise is not my source. Are you with me? It's not, what I'm trusting, what I'm hoping in is not the source of promise. He wasn't trusting in Isaac. He was trusting in God and hopeful for what God spoke. Are y'all tracking with me? So he woke up. The next morning, early. Have you ever been like, have you ever woke up early because you were so excited? Have you ever woke up late because you weren't excited? You know what's coming tomorrow, so I hope it goes good. So you don't get up early. I tell you what, man, when I wait, when there's something great going to happen the next day and I know what's coming, I always wake up earlier. I always wake up earlier. So hope is favorable expectation. I love that. It woke up early. 
First Peter 1.3 says this. We live with great, sorry, verse 4. We live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. We live, listen, beloved, child of God, we together live with great expectation. You don't have to, listen, I'm not saying you're not going to go through difficulties. It's going to be hard to keep your head up. But listen, you can be confident. You can have great expectation because your inheritance is priceless. What God has for you is priceless. It's unmatchable. You can't, but it is that good. So live with favorable expectation. Get your hopes up. This is the deal with hope, though. Hope must be well-placed. And Abraham, listen, did not trust in, he wasn't hoping in anything except the promise of God. His hope wasn't, again, was not in Isaac. So hope must be well-placed. We all know this scripture because people like to hammer it with us, on us. Uh, Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes a heart sick. Come on. What happens when we get disappointed? We stop dreaming. Come on. We're discouraged. We don't have any vision for anything in our life. We can't give life anybody. We're just depressed. We just sit around and scroll our life away. Why? Because hope deferred makes a heart sick. But check out the next part. Because there's a great part of this verse that says this, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So what does this scripture tell me? To get my hopes down? No. It's telling you place your hope where hope can produce. So we place our hope in the promise of God because God can't fail. So I hope in him. Our hope is not in the particulars, but in the promises. So I'm not hoping for a raise. I might be praying for one. I'm hoping, I'm not hoping for a job. I'm hoping that God is a good provider. Not wishful thinking, but expecting. God's a good provider. He'll take care of my job. I don't spend my life searching for need. I spend my life searching for the one who provides for my needs according to his riches and glory. And I don't stress about everything. So our hope is not in the particulars, but in his promises. Number two, hold on to promises. Sets us right up. So hold on to promises. Now that we've carefully, we were careful to select what we expect, we must now reflect on what we expect. The promises of God. Well, what are the promises of God? When is the last time you've been in the promises of God? When's the last time you've been in your word? No wonder you don't have any hope. You don't ever read the scriptures. You don't know what God has for you because you don't know, you don't know God's ways. The only way you're going to know his ways is by knowing the scriptures. So we've been careful to select what we expect. Now we've got to reflect on what we expect. God, I know you're a good provider. I know, Lord, that you promised me that I'll be the father of many nations. And this is the only kid I got. Y'all okay? Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold tightly. The Greek word there is hold tightly without wavering. To the promise we, or the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. God is trustworthy. He is so trustworthy. When God promises, he's good for it. 
And you know what he did to Abraham? He did something. He gave him a name that he could make an oath. God doesn't need to make oaths. But he made an oath with Abraham. He said God did these two things, that he gave him hope and that he gave him an oath and a promise. Why did he do that? For God to be faithful? No. So Abraham would have assurance. So we can hold tightly. Listen, you can hold tightly. Listen, if you're sick and you've got disease in your body, know that God is your healer. You're not wishing for your healing. You're hoping in something that God has promised you. God can be trusted. Are you trusting him? Do you see what he sees? We don't place hope in people, preferences, the present, proper timing, or personal strength. Beloved, we don't hope in the particulars. We hope in the promises. Stop hoping in the particulars. Stop hoping in what you see as God's provision. Abraham was not doing that with Isaac. I know it's hard, but we don't place our hope in that. We place our hope in what God has spoken, not in what's in our hand. Are you getting this? When we live like this, it keeps us well anchored. So whenever my expectation and my experience don't line up, when I'm not experiencing what I'm expecting, I'm not lost. I'm still solid. And 30 years from now, you're still solid with your walk, in your walk with the Lord. You're not lost. See, I know a lot of people that served God, that loved God, that were devoted to God, but they're not anymore. You know what happened? They misplaced their hope. I guarantee you that's what happened. They got disappointed. They got let down. What happened is they got their eyes off of God, and they got their eyes on their situation. They got their eyes on their desires. When the storm came, they were gone. And now they're lost, and it breaks my heart. This keeps us well anchored. So when my bank account falls apart, I don't. I'm not crushed by worry. I don't jump ship once I'm successful. What? Listen, hope don't fade. Hope don't fade when it's well placed. Hope don't fade. Hope grows. Hope don't float at source. Hope don't fade. Say that. Hope don't fade. So when you feel like your hope is fading, just go, hope don't fade. <laughs> you know, when you see somebody that's discouraged, just be like, hope don't fade. Get your hopes up. I don't want to get my, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do want to get your hopes up. Well, I don't want to be, well, then make sure that you place your hope in the right place. Hebrews eleven eleven. by faith, Abraham. Even though he was past age, oh yeah, 75, I think so. And Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become the father of many nations because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. Our trust, our faith in God, our hope in what God says. Number three, stay classy during difficulty. Oh, stay classy, San Diego, right? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I'm just, do I? 
I don't even know. All right. Stay classy, church. Come on. Don't be, anytime you face a difficulty, you don't need to be blabbing it all over Facebook so somebody can say they're praying for you when they're not going to pray for you. Let's just be real. We've all done it. I'm going to pray for you, and you don't. We made sure that before you ever say that, we pray right then because you're going to forget if you don't do that. I think people I think people go to like social media looking for hope. And guess what? They're they're like on there all the time looking for hope. And it's like they're hopeless. They're not hopeless, but they think they are. And it's like they're looking for affirmation. Somebody like my status. Somebody like my selfie. Um, 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 um. I think most of complaining is just people looking for hope. Listen, stay classy through difficulty. Get your Get your hopes up and keep your head up. I'm not saying that you're not real and authentic with people. You need to do that. And part of, part of, part of the problem with, with a lot of believers is they feel like they have to act so super spiritual all the time. Listen, we don't have to act super spiritual all the time, but we do need to be spiritual. And you do need to find people you can be real with. And when you're struggling and you looked at porn this week, guys, you need to have somebody you can go to and tell them that you did that. Because that's the only way you're going to get free. Come on. Let's go, Bridget. All right. Come on. When the pastor hurt your feelings, you need to go talk to him about it. Okay, approachable. Don't go whining about it. Hey, Harmon's so mean. Don't talk about hope and leave that bill. Mm. Okay. Listen, whining and complaining, fussing. Listen. That's okay. Whining, complaining, fussing is illegal in an environment of hope. It's illegal. It doesn't belong there. Oh, just no, no. Illegal. Uh, violation. When you find yourself complaining, uh, violation. It's not welcome here. Complaining is draining. Can I tell you today that in your darkest hour, he never left you. Guess what? In your darker hour, he won't leave you. He's, ne- he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He didn't give up on you. He didn't quit being God because your difficult was your situation was so difficult. He didn't quit. Jesus didn't go back in time and decide not to die on the cross for you because your sins were so messed up. He's still good. He's still alive. He still believes in you. He still loves you. Can I tell you, there's nothing you can do to screw that up. There's nothing you can do to mess up God's love for you. Nothing. There's nothing you can do to mess up that when God looks at you, he goes, I love them. I think that when you're going through difficulty and you're like, God, where are you? And he's going, I'm right here. I love you. Angels. Look at them. They're going through it. It's so hard, but ah, they're going to do it. He believes in you. Listen, I'm not minimizing your pain. I'm emphasizing his promise, the greater reality. His promise is superior to your experience. I said his promise is superior to your experience. Do you believe? His promise is always the greater reality. Listen, how many know that God didn't call you to that storm? He calls you through that storm. He didn't call you there. He's not going to leave you there to die. He loves you too much. Check this out. 
when we're going through difficulties, understand this, even my struggle produces. Even my, in my struggle, I produce. Check this out. Romans chapter 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that it develops endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. This hope. This hope will not leave in disappointment. I'm going to lay you down. Your family's going to lay you down. Your best friends are going to lay you down. Your bank account's going to lay you down. Eventually, your body will let you down. But God will never let you down. His promises will never, never, never let you down. And this hope will not lead to disappointment because we know that God dearly loves us. Dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Number four, steward hope. Steward hope. You know what I I found in my life? Is that if I make sure that I'm a distributor of something, God will make sure that the product never runs out. Right? He keeps the warehouse full. Right? And so it's my job to deliver what's in the warehouse. See, God didn't give you hope just for you. He gave you hope for the nations. So act like the champion you are. Can I tell you today, this this isn't going to happen. Even if you never received another blessing, you're so blessed. Even though nothing ever, ever again went good in your life, you are still blessed because of what Jesus did for you. Would you get some perspective? Of all creation, Jesus, God in the flesh, came down to to get you, to rescue you. God in the flesh saw that you couldn't connect with him. So he said, I'm going to go deal with the thing that keeps the distance here. I'm going to go get rid of that stuff called sin so we can be together. He did that for you. You are incredibly blessed. And if he never does anything else, you're blessed. He's going to do more. You're going to experience more. But if he never did another thing, you're blessed. So act like the champion you are. Do you get this? If you want more hope, distribute hope. We're not just consumers. We're dealers. We're dope dealers. Not dope dealers, but hope dealers. That's my statement, and I screwed it up. We're not dope dealers. We're hope dealers. I said that, but y'all were laughing too hard. He goes, huh. It's better than any dope. You got that hope. All right. Josh, Pastor Josh is looking like a dope. All right. If I see hope, listen, if I see hope as something, if we see hope as something we bear and our responsibility to steward, we will never find ourselves lacking it. God didn't give you hope for you. Just for you. It don't end here. That hope don't end here. That hope don't end here. That's where it starts. But I'm, I'm, I'm here to give it away. I'm here to, whenever I, I see somebody hurting and broken, it's my job to make sure that they feel encouraged. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a follower of Christ. Just like you. My job is, is to help you get to that point. We all ministers. Say that. We all ministers. 
Let me just say this and being classy. You've heard you better talk the talk before you, or you better walk the walk before you talk the talk. Y'all ever heard that? Right? We wish more people would do that. Right? But can I tell you today that if you're not talking the talk, you're not walking the walk. Because God's called you to talk. The thing that I love about Abraham throughout this story is that he tells Isaac, he says a couple things. First of all, he says, we'll be back. Remember that? That's where Arnold got it. We'll be back, right? We'll be back. Remember? Remember what he told Isaac, when he was freaking out and going, Lord, where's the, Dad, where's the, where's the, 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 the sacrifice? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? God will provide. See, hope speaks. If you're not talking the talk, you're not walking the walk. You need to walk the walk. But part of walking is talking. And listen, just because you're speaking forth in faith doesn't mean you're faking it. Listen, you're called to live by faith, so start speaking by faith. I know, I'm just being honest. I know you're just throwing your feeling out there, but how about you start declaring God's reality more than you're declaring your feeling? I mean, I love being authentic. I love being genuine. Hey guys, Pastor Josh here. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast, whether you do that through our app and you listen every week, or you're just listening for the first time. Hey, if the podcast is a blessing to you, if you would, you know, mention us on social media at OverflowDFW or hashtag OverflowDFW. We'd love to hear how we're being an encouragement to you. You can also email us at OverflowDFW at gmail.com. Again, thanks so much for listening and here's today's message are you just glorifying your mess i'm just being real man it's hard i know and you need to find somebody you need to be real like that but you also need to speak the word of faith you also need to speak the word of hope you also need to speak the word of god we've got into we we, listen we've elevated i'm just gonna stay right here for a minute we have elevated authenticity above the word of God. Well, I'm just, I just need to be real. I just need to be real. Let me encourage you to declare the greater reality. Not saying that you're not authentic. You better find somebody to do that. We're, we're fascinated by this thing and we're, we still don't even do it. We're, we're saying we are, we just like to whine. Jesus is your hope. If you have Jesus, you have hope. I, I think when Abraham was telling Isaac that through this story. I think he wasn't just telling Isaac. I think he was telling himself.